0: Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Hello and welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm Young Pratt and I'd like to take a moment to honor you for being here with us today. Our guest today on the podcast is Melanie Gibbs. Melanie has been sharing her passion for dance and mentorship with South Florida students for more than 20 years. Together with her partner, Jody Meacham, they direct not one, but two successful studios, Boca Dance Studio and Pro-Am Dance Studio, home to more than 350 students. Her studios have been featured in Dance Studio Life Magazine, Dance Spirit Magazine, and Boca Magazine. Melanie is also the founder and chapter advisor for BDS's own chapter of New Delta Alpha, the Honor Society for Dancers in Middle and High School. In addition, Melanie is a proud member of More Than Just Great Dancing, the Florida Dance Association, and Shape America. Melanie, it's my great pleasure to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I want to kick things right off with a story. Can you give us a little more insight into your background in dance and how the arts has shaped your life personally? Sure. Um, I was a dance
1: studio kid once a week, you know, maybe twice a week as I got older. I got a lot more involved in my studio. Nothing like I'm sure you can relate to this. Nothing like the competitive kind of world that we're living in today. I mean, I was really probably what would be considered a rec rec kid. Um, You know, I got older and I started assistant teaching and getting a lot more involved. And when I was 16, I left my studio and started to really train in, in earnest and started working, getting professional jobs. But it's just crazy to me to look back at my dance training and how kind of not serious it was compared to the way it looks today. Um, I played sports in school, you know, I, I think the biggest influence in my life as far as the arts went really wasn't even just my dance studio. It was my home life. It was my mom. My mom loves music. She loves, um, the classics. She loves languages. And those things were just sort of always around. We had, of course, records, you know, the big giant vinyl. Um, and we would, she would put those on and there would be a little bit of opera, you know, she wasn't a very demonstrative, kind of theatrical person but her lo- her genuine love for it and respect for it was very obvious and there was a lot of language in my house and if we didn't know what a word meant we would go to the French dictionary and look it up or my sisters and I were always in um, schools where languages were part of the curriculum and, and that I think looking back now that was as much of an influence if not more than my dance teachers were just having that daily kind of culture in my house.
0: I love that. It really goes and speaks to the importance that parents have in their kids' lives to shape everything from their day-to-day to their entire future. I really just think that's fantastic. Can you tell me, Melinda? I feel like parents today have so many things on their plate. They're busy, sometimes working one job, maybe more, shuttling their kids between activities, and there's just not a lot of time. Can you guide parents on how they might be able to take those great things from your childhood and implement them into their already busy schedule? I think the key in
1: in ingraining it into children and also making it feasible for your daily life, which is really what it's going to boil down to. It's just like a diet or an exercise plan or anything else. If it's not feasible for you to do daily, if it's too inaccessible, it's not going to work. Um, I think that would be my recommendation is find something small that you can incorporate into your daily life. I spend a lot of time in the car. I drive my son, of course, everywhere, you know, all of his activities. He's eight. So he's in karate and piano and Boy Scouts and, you know, the whole Nine yards. Pay attention to what radio station you've got playing. Pay attention to what music is playing. Um, You know, have that be a part of your daily life at home. Have music on in the background. We watch a lot of PBS in my house. That we don't watch a lot of TV, but when it's on, it's it's kind of the fusty old stuff. We listen to a lot of NPR and you know, in the car and the classical station, of which sadly we only have one. But you know, it's an option if you've got XM radio or something like that. You can really choose. You can make make more conscious choices, I think, more intentional choices. Where are you eating? Are you eating outside, you know, in your backyard and you're talking about nature? Or are you eating inside at the same place at the kitchen table that you always eat? Where are you going in your off time? Can you maybe make one different decision a month or one different decision a week um, to steer away from popular culture? Because that's, that's sort of the default. That's what we're always going to be dealing with. And if you can intentionally just swerve so slightly, so slightly away from that as part of your daily routine. I think car, for me, car time is huge because we spend a lot of time in the car.
0: I completely agree. I think no matter where you live, there's always th- those minutes or those hours in the day that we could really capitalize on really being present and really being part of our kids' lives. So that is a great tip. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Melanie, you've been mentoring kids for over 20 years. Why do you feel that the arts are so important to kids today?
1: I think that the arts, to me, art is anything that expands your perception of the world around you. It's something that opens you up to a new view of a familiar thing or or a view of an unfamiliar thing. It's anything that expands your perception. So I think when kids are involved in the arts, whether it's visual, performing, you know, martial, um, anything, It expands their perception. And I think they're so, my son has special needs and there's so much talk in his therapy about neuroflexibility and neuroelasticity and those things that open his mind, literally, literally biologically open his mind. And that is what the arts do you know again no matter which which area of the arts you're in and there's data to back that up you know there's proof that kids that are involved in the arts are more likely to read for pleasure they're more likely to participate in community service they're more likely to win awards for an essay or you know something that's written you know there there's there's scientific data that backs up that perception expansion as being benef- immediately and quantifiably beneficial to their academics, their social life, their, their sense of their place in their community. So that, to me, that's kind of a no-brainer.
0: <laughs> well, and I love that. And I love the personal story about your son because I just, I just think that no matter where your kid is in their educational journey, the arts play such a huge, a huge part in shaping them. And like you said, I love that quote, the arts expand the perception to the world around you. And that is exactly true. Can you give us maybe another story or two about maybe your dance students who have been whose lives have been maybe transformed by coming to you and being part of what you provide to your community? I think
1: you know, it, we, we, we're fortunate to have studios in fairly affluent areas where people are blessed to have a little bit of extra money to spend on their kids. Um, and, and we've always talked about not just creating artists out of our students, but creating patrons of the arts. So what I really see in my kids and what's most gratifying, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is seeing it in your alumni, um, is seeing them take their kids to a dance performance or they're at a museum on their off day. And it's not just because it's the bank of America free Friday or, you know, like they've gone out of their way to do that. They've got their kids are in martial arts or they're studying. They've gone on to maybe a graphics design career or a photography career, or they're just so much more open to those possibilities. They know how to conduct themselves in a theater They understand a gallery exhibition. They're comfortable getting up and speaking in in front of a crowd. They're the ones who are going to click the campaign to donate to the local classical station to prevent that classical station from going off the air. They're just more involved. I think they're more vested as patrons of the arts, whether or not they go on to be professional dancers or professional performers in any way. To me, it's not about that. I mean, you and I know that that's such a tiny, tiny percentage of your population that's going to make a career out of performing, that if I have 400, 550 kids between both studios, how many patrons of the arts can I create versus just how many performers? So that that to me is particularly gratifying.
0: Absolutely. And I think that speaks volumes about what actually happens in our classrooms. You know, we're not just trying to raise that next professional dancer because the reality of that is pretty small, although that would be our desire for our students to go and do that. The reality is that most of them will turn into patrons. And that kind of segues into the next question I have for you about the the value, the benefits, the, the lessons that our kids are learning when they're attending these classes. You know, for us, one of the most important things for us is to build that confidence. How would you say that being part of the arts and, and learning how to be a patron really speaks to building confidence in our kids today?
1: I think any time you take away right versus wrong and you focus only on creative and exploring creativity, you automatically liberate kids from restriction, you know, and I think that can't help but be confidence building. I think the first few times, of course, it's a little scary, but anything worthwhile should be, you know, the first couple times. I think when they have a place where they feel safe, they feel loved, they feel like they're held to a high standard and they're held accountable, but they're not judged in that way that we know kids at at these very, very, crucial ages feel constantly externally judged. I think to have that safe place where they can try new things and they can be with other kids that are trying new things and that's encouraged, tremendously liberating and confidence building. And I think it teaches leadership because when you're not in the pack where everybody has to conform and everybody has to be the same and look the same, I think once you've gotten past that level one sort of structure of dress code and, and, and etiquette and all of that. And now you've moved into the next level, which is, okay, let's talk about what it means to be whatever the topic of the day is. Let's explore that. There's a, there's freedom in that. And and I think that's, that freedom is very confidence building.
0: And you're dropping so many great value bombs today. I love it. You said that it's not about right or wrong. It's about exploring creativity, and that is so true. I feel like sometimes in schools, with the pressure for teachers to get these kids to do well on tests, that the creativity portion and allowing these kids to explore and and learn who they are and what they can do – kind of gets forgotten. So I feel that, you know, places like your studio are providing kids who need that safe haven, they need a place where they can feel like they can express. And I just think that's fantastic. And I honor you for providing those places for your community.
1: And it's funny, because that, that brings me back to what we were talking about earlier with my son, and he goes to so many amazing, amazing occupational therapists and I mean, these therapists are just I bow down to them. They're fantastic. But it sort of makes me laugh to look at some of the exercises and things they're doing with them, because I think this is dance or, you know, this is gymnastics or this is music or this is martial arts. Like and you sort of you see the connection and you think, well, this is sort of silly. Like, why does only my son get to do this? Because he's going to therapy. All kids should be doing this stuff. You know, and and they'll show you, of course, on their walls, all these big connections to academic success and social success and, you know, community success. He's on the autism spectrum. So the social is obviously huge. Like every every kid should be doing that. They're drawing the connection. It's right there. But I have to drive to their office and write them a check. You know, he could get that in dance class. He could get it at martial arts. And so now he does. He goes to piano. He goes to karate. He goes to dance. He goes to Boy Scouts. He does those things. But. That shouldn't be a special needs thing, you know?
0: No, I agree. I think that every child should really be able to access the arts, and wouldn't it be lovely if they could just do that at school? But thankfully, there are places that you provide and we provide here in our community that allow these kids to come in to find that place where they can really learn to explore. They can work on their creativity. They can boost their confidence. They can become leaders for the next generation, which I think is a hugely important step that really we need to spend more time fostering. So, Melanie, as we wrap up our interview today, you've already shared lots of great tips and actionable items for our parents. What is the best way that our listeners can connect with you if they want to learn more about your studios, um, having a son with special needs? Maybe they want to reach out and connect with somebody who's going through those same challenges. What is the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Shoot me an email. It's Melanie at BocaDanceStudio.com. That's the best way.
0: Fantastic. And we'll also be putting those in in our show notes as well. So if you head over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the podcast link, we'll have all of the notes and Melanie's contact information available there as well. Melanie, before we say goodbye, is there one last piece of advice or a tip you could offer to parents about how the arts transform lives or why it's so important to get their kids involved in the arts? I
1: think it's easier than people think it is. I think there's this perception that we have to get dressed up and go to the ballet or we have to play, set aside an entire day and go to a museum and look at boring paintings. And it, 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 nothing could be further from the truth. If you're open to it as a parent, your your child is automatically open to it. We all know that they model much more than they you know, learn from what we tell them. So the more you can open your just a tiny window in every single one of your days, use that car time, use that meal time, use those times that you're guaranteed to have a little bit of time with your child and work it in there somehow, you might find that you enjoy it, you know, as much as 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 it's benefiting your child. So I think lower the lower the expectation and increase the frequency
0: don't make it, it
1: doesn't have to be a big deal.
0: Another great value bomb here, lower the expectation, increase the frequency, and open the window every day. Melanie, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me today and really sharing with our listeners your backstory in how the arts have shaped your lives, the importance of the arts for kids, and really how they can truly grasp on to little bits and pieces every day and mentor and model that for their kids. Thanks Absolutely. So much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share us with a friend and leave us a review here on iTunes. Be sure to head over to artsmartparenting.com for free updates to help you raise a smarter kid through the arts. And if you're looking for more ways to propel your child's learning, join me each Wednesday for a free live webinar where you'll discover how your child learns best, how to supercharge learning, and the often hidden mismatch between teaching, testing, and your child. Sign up today at artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where I'll be sharing tips and tricks to incorporate the arts into your already busy schedule and expert interviews with artists educators and entrepreneurs on how the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. Until next time I'm Young Pratt your partner in raising smart kids